which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For the last several weeks, we've been walking through that prayer, and we've been seeing that this prayer is so much more than a speech to recite to God. It's a pattern to follow as we worship our Savior. And today, I'm so excited to, to finish up the Lord's Prayer today. So if we could go ahead and pull up on our screen, Matthew 6.13, the verse that we're going to look at today. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray one more time, and then we'll get in right into the scripture. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness to us and your grace in our lives. And we thank you that when we were without hope, that Jesus, you came and you loved us, and you died for us, and then you rose again for us. And Lord, today, because of that truth, because of your love for us, we say that you are worthy. We sing that you have all glory and honor and power and authority. Lord, we ask that today, as we study your word, that you would uh, bless this time in a special way. I ask that you would fill me with your spirit. Help me to say only what you want me to say. And Lord, I pray that you, with every person who's here today, that you would uh, fill them with your spirit. Lord, I ask that we would hear your word and that you would speak to our hearts, that we'd be encouraged and that we'd be at rest and at peace because of what we find, because of the truths that we find in your word today. We'll give you the glory for all that you do in this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, many of you know by this point that I started, I started the keto diet uh, about five weeks ago. Please pray for me. I need the prayers. Uh, so, but I started about five weeks ago, and for the most part, it has been going pretty well. So I've lost about, I'm going to share, I'm just going to share it with you today because I'm just excited about it. So, uh, so, but I've lost about 25 pounds now uh, over the last month and a half of doing the keto diet. Thank you. I see those. I see the. Thank you very much. It has been tough, especially since Adriana, it just feels like, you know, Adriana is, I'm convinced she is the best baker uh, in the world. Like if, you, if you've had her cinnamon rolls or if you've had her cheesecake or you had, like, she's just amazing. And uh, yes, I'm probably a little biased, but she really is. She really is amazing. And she, she bakes regularly, but since I started keto, it just seems like she has been going to town. It seems like every day she's baking something new and incredible. The other day she made cinnamon rolls and, and she just, she makes incredible cinnamon rolls. I'll probably say that a lot, uh, a lot through this earth, but she makes incredible cinnamon rolls. And, and, but the other day, I think it was, I think it was, uh, it was early in the week. I think it was Tuesday. She made cinnamon rolls and they were like, they were an A plus for her just by the look and the smell of them this week. And she was making them for everybody and she's handing them out to everybody. And I don't know if anyone in here got the cinnamon rolls, but she's handing them out to everyone. And I'm walking into the house and I'm just looking, I'm looking at those cinnamon rolls and that temptation is staring at me in the face. So it makes me kind of regret that I preached that message last week. Lead us not into temptation because the temptation was there and I wanted to fall to those cinnamon rolls this week. 
But the whole point of the keto diet, if you're familiar with it, then you know that it can be torture at times. Uh, but if you're not familiar with it, here is the idea of keto. I'm not trying to sell you on it. I'm just letting you know what it is. The idea of keto is that our body uses as fuel uh, sugar carbohydrates. I have, a, I know that I have a keto person up here, so you can correct me later uh, if I don't. I just know what I'm supposed to eat now. Uh, so, but the idea is that your body runs on sugar and carbohydrates and those kinds of things. So when you eat it, uh, then that's what your body runs on. But the idea of keto is you take your carbs down to practically nothing, which means that you can't enjoy anything delicious in this world uh, besides meat. You can have meat. Uh, so, but uh, you get the carbs down to practically nothing. You eat lots of good fats, um, and then you have, so it's like 70% fat, 20% protein, five to 10% carbs, which is very difficult because one cinnamon roll is like, a month's worth supply of carbs. Uh, so, but the idea is, is that whenever you eat in those ratios, then your body, instead of running on those carbs that you're eating, it begins to run on the fats. And whenever it's burning those fats as fuel, then you feel like you're going to die, but you also are losing weight the whole time. Uh, so it's burning that fat off of you. So that's what I've been doing for the last five weeks. I've noticed a difference and I'm thankful for it. It's awesome. But by putting those things together, the key point that I want you to get from this is that with eating, when you eat the keto, when you do the keto diet, however you're supposed to say that, uh, when you do the keto diet, then whenever you have the ratios, then you get certain results. Uh, then it starts burning. There, that's the natural result of eating high fats, low carbs, and a moderate amount of protein. We've been walking through Jesus's pattern of the Lord's Prayer, and I want to start right off the bat by saying this. That prayer is not some secret formula that if you just put all the right words together as ingredients, then you'll somehow come up with this magical life. All right, that's not, that's not the point of the story. So don't take walk away thinking, oh, if I just put this formula together, if I wake up every morning and I say, uh, if I say in the morning, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Whenever I go to bed, if I say, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I just put this magic combination of prayers together, then I'll just have this magical life. But whenever we look at our text today, Matthew 6, 13, what we see is that we've been walking through this prayer. And what I found is that as I've been praying this, as I've been praying, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whenever I'm praying, whenever I'm going to God, acknowledging that God, you are the provider of my needs and you actually care about my daily needs. You care about what I'm going through and you're developing my faith through it. Whenever I'm praying, whenever I'm remembering the forgiveness that I have in Christ and that I'm depending, I'm leaning on the Lord to extend forgiveness to others as a result of this time walking with the Lord. Uh, whenever, I am, whenever I am depending on Him, not depending on my own self-effort, not depending on my own righteousness to overcome temptation, but whenever I'm going to Him in prayer, leaning on Him, that God, You are my deliverer and You are my rescuer, then what happens, uh, what happens is very similarly to whenever you put those ingredients together with, with keto, what I found is that whenever I'm praying this prayer, whenever I'm going to the Lord and I'm acknowledging Him as the provider of my needs, and I'm acknowledging Him as my rescuer, and I'm acknowledging Him as the one who is worthy, what I find is that my prayers end with, or my prayers become more like the end of verse 13. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. What I find is the more that I pray, and the more that I the more that I walk with the Lord in prayer, 
the more my prayers become about him and how great he is and less about me. It becomes more about, God, you are worthy and less, God, here's my laundry list. It is the natural response of prayer is to worship. So when we pray, we start with worship and we end with worship. As I was thinking about this response of worship, I was thinking about some of the most beautiful things that I've, that I've experienced in life. Uh, so if I could ask you what, like, think about this for a moment. What is the most beautiful, beautiful thing that you've experienced in your life? I was thinking about some of these different moments in my life. And one of the moments that I thought about this week, whenever I was thinking about beautiful things that I've experienced, it was my trip to the Grand Canyon. Uh, whenever I was a senior and whenever I was a senior in high school, uh, we went out to California to go check out the college that I was going to end up going to. And along the way, we stopped at the Grand Canyon. Now, I had seen pictures of the Grand Canyon before. I, I, I was a little bit familiar with it. But on this trip to the Grand Canyon, I will never forget the first time that I saw it myself. When you drive up to the Grand Canyon, there's this parking lot that's kind of like at the bottom of this, uh, of this little hill, and you park. And then I remember walking up this hill, and then all of a sudden, I look out, and there is the canyon. Uh, it's a, it goes as far as the eyes can see, and you look down into the canyon, and there, a mile deep, is the Colorado River flowing through. As you look at the walls, you see all of the different shades of pink and orange and, and red, and you just see that all across. And I remember whenever I saw the Grand Canyon for the first time, it just it took my breath away. I was just blown away at the beauty that I was seeing. Uh, another moment that I thought about whenever I was thinking about beautiful things that I've seen in my life, I actually thought about back to this spring. I went to go visit my, my brother and my sister-in-law in Arizona, and as we were driving, it was pretty late at night, and we were about 45 minutes away from my brother's house, and we just pulled over at a rest stop, and we walked around so that way I wouldn't fall asleep while I was driving. And we all got out of the car, and we just looked out into the sky. And here, whenever you look into the sky here in Houston, all of the lights, it kind of blocks out so you don't really see stars. Uh, but out in the middle of nowhere in Arizona, when you looked at the sky, you could see all around the sky. You just saw all of these bright and bright and beautiful stars. You saw, uh, you saw it in a way that you had never seen it before. And again, when I looked at it, it was just absolutely breathtaking. For me, the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen, and again, I'm biased, happened on August 16th, 2014. When I stood up on an altar, not too much unlike this one, and as I stood with my family and with my friends, the music played and my bride walked down the aisle in her wedding dress. And it was the most beautiful thing, most beautiful person, most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And again, it took my breath away. To this day, I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and today, whenever I look at, whenever I'm at a wedding and the bride is walking down the aisle, I actually, uh, I look at the groom, and what I always find is there's always that same look that I felt whenever I was standing at the altar. Whenever I think about these different moments, whenever I think about these different things, whenever I think about these different moments of beholding and seeing beauty, it is always breathtaking. And whenever we pray this prayer, Whenever we actually are walking with the Lord, when we're communing with him, I believe we have a very similar response. God, you take my breath away. God, you, you are amazing. God, you are 
glorious. God, you are worthy. So my question for you this morning is, are you beholding the beauty and the glory of the Lord on a regular basis? Are you seeing him for who he is? Are you walking with him? Because when we walk with him, whenever we talk with him, when we pour out our hearts to him, then we, we see the beauty of the Lord. So let's go ahead and walk through this and notice this response and see what, what do we acknowledge? What, what do we see as a result of, of this ending? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So first of all, I want you, let's, let's take apart, let's look at this part. For thine is the kingdom. For thine is the kingdom. Whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, whenever we walk with the Lord, when we spend time with Him in prayer, we are recognizing and we are responding to God's sovereignty. We are responding to God's sovereignty. God has all authority. That's the idea of this, is that Jesus is King. Jesus rules and reigns. Our Father rules and and reigns. And whenever I'm spending time in prayer, whenever I'm really walking with him, whenever I'm really seeking him, then I see the authority that he has. Think about it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your name be revered. He has all authority. He has all authority. May your name be lifted up. May your name be glorified. May you be the center of my life. Whenever we acknowledge, whenever we walk through that portion of the prayer, we're actually praying it out to God. What we're seeing is that, hey, all, everything revolves around him. He is the one who's worthy. It reminds me of back in the day whenever people used to think that, that the sun revolved around the world. The sun revolved around the earth. And a lot of times that's the way that we live our lives. We live our lives as if everything revolves around me. But whenever I'm going to the Lord and I'm submitting my heart before him, what I'm acknowledging is that life isn't all about me. It's all about him and who he is. For thine is the king. Uh, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And God, it's about what you want. It's about the fact that you rule and reign. God, you have the authority. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our, God, forgive our debtors. Uh, God, you are the one who has the authority to forgive my sins. You're the one who has that authority. I don't. I don't, have the, I don't have the authority apart from the blood of Jesus to be forgiven. Uh, for thine, um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It all revolves around him. Whenever I was a kid, we used to sing uh, this song. We used to sing, he's got the whole world in his hands. And I still have my grandma's, like my grandma's tape playing it. A bunch of little kids singing with high-pitched voices that I won't torture you with this morning. But this idea, he's got the whole world in his hands. He has authority. And whenever I'm walking with him and I'm seeing who he is, then I behold his authority and his sovereignty in my life. Whenever I do that, it, get, it provides me with peace. And with joy, knowing that I don't have to control all things. I love the way that author David Wells talks about this idea. I was listening uh, to a podcast where this author was being interviewed, and he talked about the, the sovereignty of God and the greatness of God and how a lot of times we try to we try to take his attributes onto ourselves. I was talking about this with my with my discipleship group this morning, but we were talking about how uh, how God has attributes, God has characteristics that are unique to him. Uh, some of those attributes, some of the big ones, like the first ones that come to mind are the, the attributes, the characteristics of what we call omnipresence, omniscience, and omnipotence. All right, I'll just use those words one time, I will, because nobody cares, nobody cares to use those words. But here's what they mean. Omnipresent, he is, he is everywhere. 
There is no place that we can escape from God. Uh, he is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Uh, he's omniscient. That means that he's all-knowing. There's nothing that he does not know. And he's omnipotent. That means that he has all power. Those are his characteristics. And whenever we understand that it's him who has those characteristics and it provides me with peace, because a lot of people suffer with anxiety, a lot of people are anxious, a lot of people struggle and with overwhelm in this life. And the way that the author talks about it is a lot of it goes back to uh, even social media. Not that social media, is, not that social media is wrong, but a lot of times it gives us a taste of those characteristics of God that we were never meant to have. So whenever you think about it, omnipresence. Uh, this week has been a really tough week. If you've been watching the news, if you've been on, if you've been on social, uh, seeing everything that's going on in the Middle East, in Afghanistan, uh, those things, uh, my heart breaks for what's going on over there. But you know what? If I was, we were talking about this this morning. That if it was 150 years ago, then the things that were going on over there, by the time the news would have reached us, it would have been old news. But today, because of the news and because of social media, immediately, we, it's like we are there. We're seeing pictures, we're seeing videos, we're seeing what's going on over there in real time. It's like we're omnipresent. And then because we're, it's like we're there, then we have, we have this knowledge that we didn't have before. So then we feel this responsibility like, hey, I've got to do something about it. So then we feel this pressure, this, this burden of omnipotence, like, hey, I've got to do something, whether it's arguing with somebody on social media or whether it's uh, trying to do something myself to try to remedy the situation. And you know what? It's good to have compassion. We need to do what we can to help those who are in need. We need to do those things. But whenever I'm seeing every need, whenever I'm seeing every burden, whenever I'm seeing every problem, and that's just wearing away, it's like trying to, it's trying to, like, it's trying to juggle it's constantly throwing, putting more balls that we're supposed to try to juggle in the air. It's trying to spin more plates. And ultimately, there's a limit to what we can handle. But whenever I acknowledge that God is omnipresent, and he knows what's going on in the Middle East, and he knows what's going on in my nation, and he knows what's going on in my neighborhood, then I can be at peace because he knows, and he has the authority, and he has the knowledge. He knows what is best. So whenever I see his authority, then I can rest in that instead of trying to take it all on Myself. We see that he has uh, prayers a response to God's authority, but then we also see that prayers a response to God's ability. Prayers a response to God's ability. He says, For thine is the kingdom and the power. And the power. This word power is the word dunamis, or where we get our word dynamite from. Uh, and it talks about uh, all powerful. He has all power. And you know, whenever I was thinking about this, the difference between authority and ability or authority and power, uh, I was actually thinking about to, I was thinking back to a situation that I had back in with my family a couple of weeks ago. My family a couple of weeks ago, uh, thank God for when grandmas give you their credit cards and say, go get, go get the grandkids treats. Uh, so, but uh, grandma gave us a card and uh, she said, hey, go get some treats for the kids. You guys go get supper. And uh, we went to go. We went to go get supper, and we're we're doing all of that. And in those moments, because I have three babies, uh, because I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old, I have the authority to tell them what they're going to eat, what they need to eat. I have the authority as their dad to tell them whether they can or cannot have dessert. But sometimes, whenever we go out to eat. I have the authority to tell them that they can or cannot have an ice cream cone. I have that authority. But sometimes my ability, aka 
my checking account doesn't give me the ability. So sometimes my kids ask me, hey, can we get an ice cream cone? And you know what? Sometimes I just don't have it in the budget. Sometimes I don't have it in the budget. I may have the authority to tell them what they can have, but I don't have the ability to tell them to give it to them all the time. Whenever I think about who God is, that he, he is sovereign, but he's also able. Whenever it comes to providing for your needs, God has the, God has the authority and he's made the promises to meet your needs. And he doesn't just make empty promises. He has the ability to meet them. Whenever we pray, forgive us our debts, he has the authority and he has the ability to forgive every sin. He has the authority and he has the ability to lead us away from temptation and to deliver us from evil. He has authority and he has ability for thine is the kingdom and the power. And then we see, and let's look at this last part, and the glory. Whenever we pray, we are responding to God's sovereignty. When we pray, we're responding to God's ability. And whenever we pray, we respond to God's worthiness. We respond to God's worthiness. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. As I was thinking about this, I actually thought back to where, where we were a couple of weeks ago when we talked about thy kingdom come. When we talked about how uh, that scene from Revelation 4 where Jesus is ruling and reigning, you remember where, where the rainbow is surrounding his throne, where the angels are flying around singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. We saw how the 24 elders were bowing down at Jesus' feet. We saw how, how all of creation was pointing towards, was longing for uh, the glory of the Lord. And they're casting their crowns at his feet. And here in, Revel in Revelation 4, we saw how they're just crying out, singing praises to God. When we walk through this prayer, I believe that we see God is worthy. If he can forgive my sins, he is worthy. If he can forgive my debts, if he can provide my needs, if he can, if he can do those things for me, then all my heart can cry out is he is worthy. He is worthy. Prayer is a response to God's worthiness. Whenever I started, whenever I started dating my wife, I'll go ahead and tell you guys that story today. Whenever I started, whenever I started dating Adriana, so um, so whenever I started dating, I was a I was a junior in college, and at that point, I had been through my freshman year and my sophomore year. And I didn't, I didn't get to date, I didn't date in high school. Um, so whenever I got to college, I was, I was single and ready to mingle. Yeah. And my freshman and my sophomore year, I tried, like I, I really did. I, I tried to date, I tried, <coughs> but nothing was, nothing was working for me. And then finally my junior year, um, I remember just, I remember just being very overwhelmed by the fact that I, by the fact that I couldn't find a girl. And then um, I was talking to a friend. I was talking to a friend and that friend said, you know what, um, in God's timing, just don't stress about it. You're, you're stressing over nothing. So I don't know if this was the right response or not, uh, but I walked away from that saying, you know what, I'm not gonna stress. And here's all I know is that whenever you're fishing, not that I know that much about fishing, 
But whenever you're fishing, like the more lines you cast out, the more chance you have of catching something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to the single guys in the back. Yeah. The more lines you cast out, the more likely you are to catch something. So I identified, I identified, hey, you know what? I would have mind dating her, I would have mind dating her, I would have mind dating her. So I started working on all of them to see what to see who I could find. And then uh, finally I went to a class and uh, because of because I was a bad student my sophomore year, I had a limit on the amount of credits I could take my junior year. Um, so I was limited on credits, I was short on credits, I was running a little bit behind in school, but then on one particular week they said, hey, a, a visiting professor is going to come in and they're going to teach a class for one week from 9 o'clock at night until 11 o'clock at night. And they're going to, they're going to teach and you, if you take this class for one week and fulfill the assignments, then you get two, two credit hours. So I said, you know what? And I had, heard, I had heard the teacher before, I didn't like the teacher before, uh, but I said, you know what, I can endure this week. Uh, I can endure this week for the two credits. So I went, I sat with some friends in the back, and I was just ready, I was gonna do whatever I could to survive and to stay awake in this class for that one week. The professor got up in front of everyone on that particular night, and he, he looked at all of us and he said, students, this class is gonna change some of your lives. And I had heard the teacher before, and I was saying, all right, like I've heard you before, that's, I don't think anything you're gonna say is gonna change my life this week, but you know what? I'll give you 15 minutes of my attention. So I, I sat there and I listened, and to my surprise, don't judge me, I see some of those judging faces. Uh, so uh, to my surprise, uh, the teacher was actually phenomenal. Like his class was really great. So over the course of that first hour of his teaching, there I am, I'm listening, it's a great class, it's all going good. But then all of the people that I'm sitting with, they're just, they're playing around and all those kinds of things. So there I am in the back and I'm like, you guys need to quiet down so I can pay attention. So then, uh, which I was planning on playing around myself. So there I am, my Phariseeism came out. Uh, so, but during the first break, I decided that I was gonna sit somewhere in the class where I could pay better attention. So I was gonna sit close to the front. So I found a friend who was sitting on the third row. And he was like, hey, man, come sit by me. So we're sitting together in class, and halfway through that second hour, I noticed that there was this girl who was sitting up on the second row. She was, she was paying attention. She was sitting there. And then uh, the professor told some corny joke. And she laughed, and I was completely mesmerized. And I thought, you know what? If he can tell a corny joke and make her laugh, maybe there's hope for me. <laughs> so... Throughout the class, I started trying to tell little jokes here and there. Uh, during breaks, I tried to tell little jokes here and there. And then finally, at the end of the week, I got to, I got to know her name. And uh, I reached out to Adriana. And I said, hey, you know what? Why don't we work on the, pro on the class project together? And she's, you know, you guys know Adriana. She's a type A personality. She's like, I already got it done. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, I tried. Uh, so anyways, we started spending time together. And the more time that we spent together, I wasn't paying attention to all of the other fish. You know, at the beginning, I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna cast out all of these nets. But once I started spending time with Adriana, I didn't care about everyone else. I was completely focused on that one person. You could say I became more Adriana-centric. And here's the point that I want to make. 
is that whenever we take this Lord's Prayer that we've been talking about for the last five weeks, when we take that seriously, then I believe the response of your heart will be, God, you really are that amazing. God, you really are that powerful. God, you really do have the ability to meet my needs. God, you, you really do have the power to give me freedom from temptation. And the more time we spend with him in prayer, the more the Holy Spirit leads us, like we talked about uh, several weeks ago, the more that the Holy Spirit leads us in prayer, the more God-centric we will become. And instead of being worried about the things of this world, instead of being worried about the stressors of life, our eyes become more focused on him. Because what we see is that he is greater than everything else that is out there. In closing, as I, as I look at this, I'm absolutely blown away that Jesus invites us to pray this prayer. That he invites us to see the glory of God. That he invites us to come to him asking for forgiveness of sins. The $3.5 billion worth of debts that we've accumulated against God. Yet all of it is by invitation. He invites us with all of us. When you pray, our Father. When you pray, forgive us our debts. When you pray, deliver us from evil. My friend, the only reason why that's possible is because we saw the glory and the image of God in the person of Jesus Christ. You might ask, how is this all possible? How is this possible that I can pray this prayer? It's because of Jesus. It's because Jesus came and took your debts upon himself. Because Jesus came and received all authority that we can have forgiveness. So then we see, because of Jesus, because Jesus died on the cross for your sins, now we can see that, hey, you know what? Someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And what tunes our hearts to see that is time with the Father in prayer. So this week, accept the invitation. This week, pour your heart out to the Lord. This week, seek Him. And don't just pray uh, a speech to God. Don't just, pray the, don't just pray the words of this prayer. Pray the meaning of it. Pray the meaning of this prayer to God and watch how he tunes your heart to be more in love with him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your grace in our lives. And Lord, we thank you that you invite us into a relationship with yourself. Thank you that you invite us you invite us to pray. You invite us into the throne. And then you don't just invite us, but you give us a pattern, a pattern to follow. So Lord, I ask that you in our lives, that your name would be revealed. That your kingdom, that your will would be done here in Northside. That you'd provide for our needs and develop our faith to know that you will take care of them. I ask, Father, that you would forgive us our sins.
and help us to see them the way they need to be. And that we would see that for every sin that we've committed, there is greater grace for it because of Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask that you would deliver us from the frequent temptation that we encounter. And Lord, I ask that as we as we walk with you and as we grow in our faith, that we would be ever more captivated by the beauty and the glory of our Savior. May we see and may our hearts sing that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we ask these things.